course I have to clear my throat. Let me clear my throat. <laughs> that's that's not good without the right music. Anyway, good morning. It's really bad when you wake up one day and you take stock and that slow awakening you go through. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. And I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. I see you there. I see you there. It is both funny. It, it's funny to me, and at the same time, it sort of terrifies me to watch how some on the left today are having their eyes yanked open. Like uh, Malcolm McDowell. What's his name? I can't remember the, the actor's name. It's... The guy, the, the guy that plays the lead in Clockwork Orange. Somebody help me with that one. When he's sitting there in the theater and he's forced to watch the things that he does and the things he's done. That's the way some people on the left are today. The ones that are blue no matter who, right? Hey, Bill, I can give you help with that Clockwork Orange. Thank you. Who? Yeah, so that was Malcolm McDowell playing okay. Alex DeLarge. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I, I thought it was Malcolm McDowell, but I couldn't remember the name. Yeah, he was, he was a young guy then. Yeah, he was. A outstanding actor. Great actor. Now, and thank you for that. I appreciate that. That was quick. It's like watching a baby giraffe walk. Right now, the Democrats are trying to struggle. They're trying to discern what's going on. And they figured out that uh, while they're out there, while they're out there going, love trumps hate. They're finding out that they are the purveyors of hate. <laughs> and now, now, now the question comes up. Now that their eyes have been yanked open and they're, they're, they're pried open with the hooks and everything. Are they awake forever this time? Or is, just, is this just a, a moment? It's good that it's happening. On the other hand, it's really bad what it took to get them there. Gosh, it's bad. Uh, and that's the only way to view what happened October the 7th. To look at it and be repelled by it, to be horrified by it. And this has caused a crack in the Democratic Party coalition. This is, uh, and this is one of those things where you sit back and this is, this is a very, this is an anomaly. Most of the time, they can stay on the same page all the time. We, on the other hand, on the, on the, on the right, the Republican side, the conservative side, the populist side, we seem to have problems getting cohesive sometimes. And that is, that's why we lose. That's why we lose because we cannot get cohesive. Um, But the people in the rank-and-file Democratic Party, which is the majority of the Democrats, it's not so much, you know, all of them are Marxists, but the ones that are enabling the Marxists aren't even aware that they have slowly transitioned. It's happened in their sleep. It's happened in their slumber. We've seen plenty of uh, GoPro video and body cam video of all that happened when Hamas went in there and started killing Jewish people wholesale in the you know in the most imaginative creative ways they could come up with and then called their mom and dad to tell them i just killed 10 jew people and then they were dancing and the progressive activists 
They were in the streets then. They uh, didn't get out there and say, you know, it's really not good to get all jacked up on a drug like Captagon and then go out there and just kill people just because you can. And it's really not good to go out there, if you're going to kill people in any way at all, it's really bad to go out there and do it in this subhuman way. They were crying that blood doesn't dry pink instead of condemning the murder of kids. And, you know, for lack of a better word, this is what the internet and social media has created. People, you know, attention whores. Yeah. Can I say that? Can I say that, Will? I guess I can say it. <laughs> In any event, uh, they're doing it for the clicks. They're doing it for the thumbs up. They're doing it for the comments and the likes. And that's the new heroin. But another part of it is just bad people and bad parenting. There's just like everything in the Democratic Party, there's a lot of things happening all at once. A smart person could be trained, even with good parents, to hate somebody or some, you know, they could, they could learn to believe a lie. There was, uh, you know, like the lie that no Jewish people showed up for work in the World Trade Center on 9-11. If you believe that, I have to tell you that if breathing were not a reflex, you would suffocate if you believe that. There are millions of people who would rather believe some random website or some loser on Twitter than something that is just so easily and obviously a verifiable truth. And these people on the Democrat side, they're drones. They're mindless creatures. See, the I, I like the critical thinkers in here. I like the ones that challenge me on the text line or call in and challenge me because uh, that means that you're thinking and that's uh, that's all I'm, I'm you know that's all I can possibly hope to stimulate with you while you sit here and spend some time with me and on the left this hatred this underlying hatred floated along undetected because it was the left was impervious to all things going on all the past narratives were absolute. White people are racist. Police are racist. America's homophobic. America's Islamophobic. There's no gray area. They treated it like they treat the climate change grift. No legitimate two sides, only those who agree with them and evil. But if Jewish people are evil, then how what what are what is Hamas? <laughs> How, how does this work in this uh, in this particular thing? And it it works if you recognize Hamas as evil, but they don't. They cannot because they are victims. They they view Hamas as victims. So the left used everything ultimately through the lens of victim and oppressor. Criminals can't be oppressors if they belong to marginalized groups, even when they beat the hell out of an elderly Asian woman, minding her own business, standing there on the street. 
When it comes to Gaza, they view Palestinians as victims robbed of a country they don't seem to realize never existed ever by Jewish people that have been on that land since the earth cooled. And that's all verifiable truth. It's not sexy or anything. It's not cool, but it's verifiable. So the natural business model of the left snapped, victim good, oppressor bad, and all the parts stopped, you know, started to move there. And nobody on the left thought that the side of the side that just lost 1,400 people might be the victim. It had to be the side that elected and supported the murderers because that's how it's always been. Which sounds really odd to me because there's a lot of progressive Jewish people. I don't understand that at all. At all. But many Jews on the left put on blinders to this. And October the 7th rearranged everything. And it's funny to watch the Rob Reiners and the Michael Rappaports get out there trying to digest that they've been sleeping with the enemy. Joe Biden claimed he had he decided to run for president because of Charlottesville. But the Democrat Party's uh, brown shirts have held rallies 100 times larger than Charlottesville and every major American city and college campus without any condemnation by that same man. So they set up a task force to fight Islamophobia because that's that's what we got to do. That's what that's a problem. And you can't parody these guys. There's no satire that you can possibly bring to them. You can simply state the facts. And it seems like satire. This mentality has got to go. So if you're on the left and you're looking at this stuff and you're like thinking, am I the villain? The policies are. Your policies that you have been espousing and backing all of this time by the people you've been voting for are the problem. Everything you're doing is the problem. Now, if this is just something that is your one issue and it goes the way of the dodo after victory is achieved, uh, that would be okay because victory in this is very, very important. So, we just saw the biggest display of anti-Semitism since uh, Nuremberg. But all that matters now is that we beat this. Indeed. President, the, the resident has invoked the wartime powers once again to push the Green Initiative, which is failing everywhere. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. I always like it when the presidential staff gets out there and makes a decision because the resident's not making one. He's not making any except what flavor of soft serve. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. And uh, once again, the resident, somebody somebody inferred from him that he they wanted to do this or he wanted to do this. And he is now, once again, for the second time, invoked the wartime powers of the presidency 
and declared the use of the 1950 Defense Production Act for something that has nothing to do with warfare or an external threat to the nation. Because although we have all of those things, we're not going to actually be concerned with those things because that's, you know, that's the feature, not the, not the bug. So he's seized 169 million of your tax dollars that you haven't paid yet because they don't really have any money there to distribute to 15 sites around the nation for the purpose of building more electric heat pumps because gosh, dog it, we're going to make this happen. We cannot have gas stoves. We can't have gas heaters because it, it bad, it bad. So they want to see it replaced by a heat pump. And we get this from Fox News. President Biden invoked a Cold War era, or Cold War era law in a surprising move Friday to pour taxpayer funds into domestic manufacturing of electric heat pumps, an alternative to gas-powered residential furnaces. Now, I know we got a housing booing going on right now. We got one here. I mean, it, it, it seems like Greenville. You, you, every time I go into the interior of Greenville, downtown in proper downtown, you know, downtown Greenville, it's the buildings are taller and there's more construction going on. How many people are li how many people live in the city limits now? I mean, I heard about how many people voted in the election. How many people actually live in the city limits? It's got to be busting. So I, I guess. The next step will be that they're going to force us to uh, have an electric heat pump. Because right now, my gas-powered furnace is doing fine. <laughs> uh, and see, here's the other thing, though. We don't have a shortage of electric heat pumps right now. We don't have a shortage of them involved. So handing out money... This is just welfare for these corporations. Now we have, you know, officially we're not in a war right now, although we're in a lot of proxy wars. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure the guys that are on the ground that are actually swapping fire with various people would say, well, I sure am glad we're not in a war. But what we're doing right now should not actually trigger wartime powers this is where we this is a misappropriation or an inappropriation of his executive power and it is a it is theft of taxpayer funds and congress didn't get out there and look at that money and say you know what do you want to do with this there uh, what do you want to do with this there mike i don't know there uh kevin what should we do with it i don't know matt what should we let's buy some electric heat pumps yeah well there's no shortage of them, but they don't have any that are blue. The last time he used this, it was to boost lithium mining and production in the United States and relax tariffs on Chinese solar panels. How on earth do you get out there and look at something that's from, from China and go, you know, we're going we're gonna to invoke the war powers. Those were also completely illegitimate actions. The DPA... See, the DPA wasn't in place in World War II. In World War II, we, uh, we got out there and uh, everything shifted to wartime. As soon as Roosevelt declared war after Pearl Harbor, everything shifted to wartime. People were either getting drafted or signing up. It was so bad that, you know, 
you know, a league of their own, for example, is based on fact. There were so many guys playing baseball that went into went into the military that it became women's leagues. Women went into the factories. Women came out of the home and did all the things the guys were doing. The guys that couldn't go, they were, uh, you know, they were selling war bonds. They were collecting old tires and old newspapers. Everything, everything was in a wartime spin. Industry turned on a dime, and we stopped building cars and all these other things, and started building tanks and airplanes and all these other things, chips. And we just we we mobilized everything in the United States. We were in it one hundred percent. Now the DPA was written to the allow the president to influence domestic industry in the interest of national defense. Now. Why do I hear that? What was that, Will? Okay. All right. Yeah, All right. try. Okay. Very good. The next step that's going to come is they're going to outlaw the outlaw the ones that we already have. Unless they are the larger, more expensive condensing models. But they won't last forever. They want us all to install electronic heat pumps, which we don't have the grid to actually power that. We don't have the grid to power any of the stuff they want to do. So, Joe Biden got out there in a very criminal way, and he stole $169 million from us, and he's handed it off to the climate cult, even though the people that he is handing it off to, they were like, yeah, but we got them sitting in the warehouse. We're not, we haven't sold the ones we're not. So you're not more secure because of this. You're not more secure at all. You're just, you're just more in debt. I swear to God that, you know, the government is like, is, it's like having a, a, a student loan that never, you know, we never get out of school. We just keep racking up our, our debt, 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 debt. We're all sitting back going, Nodding our heads going, yep, this is for the common good. We just saved ourselves from this. Yep, good job, good job. And it's all going to come crashing down one day. I would love to know who actually pulled the trigger on this one, though. Because, uh, you know, this is why this is why we wanted the house, right? We, we control the purse. Unless you're the resident, and then he gets out there and just steals it. He just steals it. <laughs> He just steals it. Now, this is 2A Tuesday, so coming up next, we're going to be joined by Lee Williams, investigative reporter for Second Amendment Foundation, and we're going to find out the, the latest goings on. Some guy out of New York has decided to go after a policy in Florida. And that's when we get back. So this is News Talk 98.9 WORD. You know, sometimes I, there's not there's not too many people that are what I would refer to as serious media guys in the gun industry. It's a very, very small group. And, you know, sometimes you know a couple of them that are on the tip that have already ascended. 
And joining me now from Armed American News is the host of Armed American News, Armed American Radio, excuse me, uh, that being Mark Walters. Good morning, sir. We got Mark. Mark? What I was going to talk about is, a, I don't know if you guys saw this in California, but a guy the other day was in L.A. Are you there now? I've been here, brother. How are you? Okay, okay. That, this modern is technology. Modern technology. on live radio, you know what I mean? It's the drama. It's the drama of live radio. I love it so it's much. It's what makes it better, especially when you said you were going to have Lee Williams, the gun writer, on in the, before the break. So I was I looking at the... You know, I'm not Lee Williams. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I, got my, I had my columns messed up in my, in my eyes. I was trying to do the right thing. Have another cup of coffee. It'll be okay. And it's a holiday week. You get a pass and a mulligan. You're good. I thank you. <laughs> have you been follow, have you been following the uh, the saga of Vince Ricci out of L.A.? Oh uh, yeah, which ones? The, which tell tell me? There's lots of news going on in L.A. right now. A couple big the, stories the, out there. The guy that was coming home from uh, coming home from the gym and a, a couple of uh, they tried to ambush him and he pulled out a gun yeah. and he uh, he threw this coffee at him and and then he ambushed them and then uh, the cops showed up and he was you know in the middle of that whole. Uh, psychological physiological thing that happens when you pull a gun and shoot at people and he yelled at them and they took his permit yeah, for well, yelling at him. You know, I ask this question and I want to ask you and your listeners, and I, I'm looking forward to getting your answer on this. Yeah. What is it? Because the sheriff said, as, as you just reported, I think it was the sheriff, if I'm not mistaken, said his permit was taken because of something he said. Well, what can you possibly say to a law enforcement officer that would have your permit pulled from you. I mean, you can cuss a cop out on a traffic stop if you want to. You have a First Amendment right to do that. And they, sure. What are you going to do? Take your driver's license? I mean, what, what is it this man could have possibly said that a sheriff would have pulled his permit? According and, to and Fox to News point, Digital, according to Fox News Digital, they cited his yelling at a Los Angeles Police Department officers. Uh, now, the sheriff's saying this, but he's saying police department. So why would right. the sheriff be doing the 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 uh, being the spokesperson for LAPD? Well, the sheriff, I guess, has the power to pull the permit, ah. not the PD. Ah. So now, if we, you know, what could he possibly have said? And I and I ask that question sincerely. I'm asking an honest question. He can say whatever he wants to cops. Yeah. He can tell them they look ugly and fat, and they couldn't chase the guy down because they were out of shape and wouldn't have made it a block. What are you gonna do? I, I mean, the whole thing is so patently absurd. What this does is it reeks of blue state politics. And, I, you know, I did a I was a guest on a radio show in Los Angeles just yesterday, and I asked them the same question. And, and I, I mean, it's to a point now where and I and I hate and I'm not telling anybody to break the law. But, ladies and gentlemen, for years and years and years, I've asked on my radio show and Bill, you and I have talked about this. You have to ask yourself this question. What is it about their, their agenda that requires your disarmament? Why do they want to take your firearms? And how much, as, as a decent law-abiding American citizen, how much more are you willing to take? At what point do you say no? What does it take? Because if we don't get to that point, they can write whatever law they want, and we're just going to say, oh, we're law-abiding people. We're just going to lay down and take it. At some point, we have to stand up. And I don't live in a blue state. I don't live in California. 
<laughs> but you people are at a you know people are at a at a point where they've got to now make a decision because the Democrats have put them in a position that is now requiring them to have to make very difficult decisions as law-abiding people. And that decision in this case is, do I follow the law or do I continue to carry my gun anyway? No human being has the moral authority to tell me that I don't have a right to protect myself and my family. At what point do you say hell no to the sheriff? Well, you know, the, the thing about this is that looking at this, the, the states that are anti-gun just keep trying to be more and more and more anti-gun. And the states that are pro-gun become more and more pro-gun. We're actually becoming two Americas just based on that one issue alone. That's correct. Agreed. And, and that's the division in the country today between blue and red. And if you ask my opinion about what's going to happen in the future of America, is there a civil war? Yeah, we hear that talk all the time. This country's never been closer. I, I would agree with that. The country is at each other's throats right now, and it's, it's not going to get any better. The blues and reds are not going to hold hands and sing kumbaya together no. anytime soon. <laughs> Another 9-11 wouldn't bring us together at this stage of the game. But do I think it, no, I think what will happen is, as my good friend Neil McCabe, former reporter from One American News and a number of other news outlets now writing for Red State, says that the country will just retreat to red and blue. We'll divide everything up, agree to do business, but we have two countries. It's that simple. You choose to live in a blue state, you choose to live in a red state. I choose to live in a red state. And those of you who live in blue states, at this point, it's really hard to feel sorry for some of these people at this stage of the game. Well, if they're not I trying to vote, if they're not, they, they got two choices. They could vote it out or they could move. Right. And I, 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 I've heard all the stories from various, we've said, how many companies have you seen, how many gun companies have you seen pack up, move out of California? Well, I mean, you, you saw Magpul pull out of Colorado. Smith & yeah. Wesson just went to Tennessee. I yep. mean, this is an ongoing deal. You've got manufacturers flocking to Georgia, flocking to Texas, flocking to Tennessee, fleeing California. Now, I understand the whole deal. My family is here. My businesses are here. It's not that easy for me to get out. I understand that. Then get involved in the fight. Right. And get vocal about it. Yeah. Okay? I understand that. Look, you, you know, you recall when uh, uh, back before Illinois had concealed carry. All right? I, I told people on my show for years, just get out. There's no hope for you. Well, I was proven wrong. Two years later, Illinois became a CCW state. Okay, now they still have to fight the two-way battles, of course. Oh, yeah. But I ate my words on my radio show. And look, that's I want to eat my words in that situation. I want to eat my words that you, you didn't have to flee California. But it's going to take people to stand up and say no to these tyrants at some point. Indeed. I, I, you know, I don't know. I, that's, that's, thank goodness my family and myself are not in that situation. Are you still carrying your Glock 17? I do. I, I'm actually carrying a Sig Sauer P226 Elite today in an outside oh. the waistband. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. Drop slide. Well, yes, I do carry the Glock 17 on a fairly I, regular basis. Yeah. I, I, I fully understand the 226. I get that. That's a, that's a, that's a very <laughs> hard gun to to argue on and everything else. Uh, before we run out of time, I would like to one thank you for uh, everything in our past or in our shared past, and uh, also wish you and yours the very best of uh, Thanksgivings. And uh, we'll be talking again soon. Yeah, and a happy Thanksgiving to you. A happy Thanksgiving to you listeners and uh, and Bill, to you and your family and the entire staff at the station. And Thank thanks you. for for uh, having me on and keeping up the fight, brother. Looking next time, to you on my show soon. Next time, I'll get the intro right. Or you can intro oh. me as somebody else. And we'll, tit for tat, and I'll be good to go. Hey, I'm honored to follow. Hey, I'm honored. You can mistakenly call me Lee the Gunwriter Williams anytime you want. <laughs> Very good, sir. All right. Mark Walters, Armed American Radio. Go check him out because when I'm not doing it, he is. And, and the, the, the 
beat on the drum is constant. Now, when we get back, New York has looked and they have identified 130 individuals that have been out there committing crime that are mentally ill. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. There is no official tally in, in New York City about whenever somebody in the homeless population commits a crime, but they do track it to a certain degree. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 905 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Um, it happens, the way it happens, it always makes the news. But they, they recently, the New York Times spent a year trying to identify all the recent examples of these kind of attacks and identified 130 of them within the past decade. All of them involving homeless people who are mentally ill. Which now leads to a certain conclusion, like, my conclusion is this. Most of the people that are homeless are either mentally ill or they're drug addicts. Or maybe it's a combination of the two. Now, of the 94 of those cases, of that 130, the person in question had been released from a facility of some kind shortly before they committed the crime. And we get this from the Times. Uh, the breakdowns occurred most frequently in the city's homeless shelter system, which in recent years has spent more than $1 billion on dedicated mental health shelters but failed to reliably place mentally ill people in them. One man whose history of delusion should have landed him in such a shelter was instead placed in a general shelter last year before he deteriorated and stabbed three other homeless men, killing one of them. Next were the city's private and public hospitals, which have regularly discharged people in severe psychiatric distress. Private hospitals in particular have cut psychiatric beds to boost their bottom line. Public hospitals have repeatedly aired while being overwhelmed by nearly 50,000 psychiatric patients per year. At least some of the discharges documented by the Times appeared to violate a federal law requiring hospitals to stabilize patients before releasing them. So, all of these things that are designed to deal with these issues, which, by the way, is a function of government to deal with these issues, right? That's a function of government to deal with the public good, the overall good of the community. Well, they're not doing it. They're, they, have, they have breakdowns on every level, and they're letting very seriously, uh, you know, psychiatric distress is a good way to put it, I guess. Um they're letting some very dangerous people back on the street. And like in 2018, 62-year-old Mario Rios was attacked Sunday in the Longwood section after letting the suspect inside his grandmother's residence. And police say 45-year-old Marcus Gomez then grabbed a kitchen knife and stabbed Rios 40 times. Gomez apparently left the facility in his pajamas and then they changed into his grandmother's clothes because his were too bloody. 
And the victim in this, um, Rios, survived, which is astounding when you get stamped 40 times. Gomez has schizophrenia and been living at a psychiatric care facility, but he's became increasingly deranged. People, you know, he's hearing voices telling him to kill. They asked a nearby hospital to admit him, and the hope was that they would stabilize him, and instead they released him. <laughs> then there's the guy who pushed Michelle Go in front of a subway train last year. He told reporters he was allowed to because he was God, this being Simon Marshall. Marshall's sister told the New York Post he had been on psychiatric meds for 20 years and gone in and out of hospitals. And you can't predict this. You cannot predict when uh, when this kind of thing is going to manifest itself and actually become violent. In, in one case, a man named Jamar Newton attacked a stranger with a hammer back in 2021, allegedly looking for him at him the wrong way. And listen, being 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 ba being banged on with a hammer, that's you got about two hits to the head and you're gonna be done. Hammers are very, very dangerous as when they're used as a bludgeon. Just a few months earlier, Newton had walked into a homeless shelter where he was evaluated and he told the person doing the intake that he had no history of mental health issues. But that was not the case. He started screaming at people in the shelter, and the police were called. He made a threat to kill one of the workers, and still he wasn't transferred to a shelter dealing with this, and he was sent to another regular shelter where he once again attacked other residents. Then the attack with the hammer on the subway platform happened. So, taking all these things into account, this is, this is government once again failing you. Once again, dropping the ball. It is a bad, bad system. Now, when we get back, we are indeed going to talk to, because it's 2A Tuesday, we indeed are going to talk to Lee Williams, the lone Second Amendment Foundation investigative reporter, followed by Dewey Lemons from Dewey's Pawn Shop. We're going to hear about his hunt. We're going to hear about what's on sale at Dewey's for, uh, for the holidays. All that coming up. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. <laughs> 